This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, every Monday, I give one of you 100 bucks to invest in your idea and get to the top. To enter for your chance to win 100 bucks, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes right now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. This week's winner was Matt Walk in Chicago at the DDB Agency. Coming up tomorrow morning, we hear from FinCon founder, Philip Taylor, and he breaks down how he sells 900 tickets at $240 each and makes a lot of money off conferences. Top Tribe, good morning, good morning, good morning. I am here in Roanoke in the studio with my tea. And I'm gonna love, I, I know you're gonna love our guest today. His name is Jason Zook. Now, you might not recognize his name because he changes it so much. We'll get to that in a second, but he is best known for being the guy that made over a million dollars wearing t-shirts for a living and selling his last name. And he did that twice. He also recently sold his future. Jason, are you ready to take us to the top? Nathan, let's do it. Okay, what does this mean? What do you mean you sold your last name? <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I saw an opportunity to uh, you know let a company buy my last name when my mom went through a divorce, my third father at the time, unfortunately, and I was left with a name that I no longer wanted. And what do you do? And at the time, I was the I wear your shirt guy. I had been wearing t-shirts for a living, working with sponsors for four years. And I said, screw it, let's sell my last name. But you know, if I could sell t-shirts for a living, I got to be able to sell my last name. And launched a website, and believe it or not, first day, $33,000 was bid at the end of the first day. And it was a 30-day auction that ended at forty-five grand. I went on to sell it a second time, and I lived with a last name that was a brand's name for two years. And my life changed in no way whatsoever. That was the crazy thing. <laughs> what was what, the $45,000? What what, who was the brand? That was headsets.com. So my last name literally was headsets, D-O-T-C-O-M. Uh, if you want to make a TSA <laughs> agent laugh, that is the only way I have ever found out how is to have a ridiculous last name and they will laugh at you. So we could go down two rabbit holes on this episode. We could go down just the creativity around what you've sold or how you're able to amass attention to the creative things you come up with. I think the latter is probably more valuable because you know I think that the catalyst to getting attention is coming up with something creative, which you've done many times and you'll do many more times. But I'm more interested about, you know, when you just recently sold your future, how do you give it, get it covered for free all over the place to drive a bidding war for your last name or drive up and sell out? You know, I think you had people pay a grand for your future. Let's talk about that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great way to go. And, and listen, you know the, the top try better than I do, but I believe that with every idea, it is, and this is, you probably had guests say this, and everyone's heard this, it's not about the idea, it's about the execution. And I, you know, I was on a, an interview with James Altucher, and he was like, ah, I don't know. He's like, you got to have a good idea to start. And I do agree with that. But I've seen time and time again. I disagree no matter, with that, by the way. Yeah. I think you can have a shitty idea and be a marketing genius, and you're going to sell uh, it. 
That's true. And so I lean your way as well. I totally believe that. I mean, I've had some ridiculous ideas and, and good or bad, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I've, I've made them work and it's only, I've only made them work through effort and hard work. There's nothing else that I can attribute it to. It's not being at the right place at the right time. It is me just churning out the work. And so, you know, by my future, let's talk about that. That's the most recent thing I did. Um, I basically opened up the opportunity to buy lifetime access to everything I've ever created and everything I will ever create for the rest of my life. So you pay me a thousand bucks, you will never pay me again, ever. And you get guaranteed 14 projects, $4,500 of value, blah, blah. It's not even for sale right now. Uh, but the whole way that I, I got that business, that idea out into the world, is I wrote a 60-day journal on Medium, which was completely free. And at the end of the 60 days writing every single day, I had basically written the length of a book. And in said book, via daily journals on Medium, was my exact feelings, thoughts, ideas, everything about that project without actually naming the project itself. So I brought people along on the journey. You know, they followed the story of this project. And what I've realized now doing that intentionally is I actually did that with all of my other projects and I just didn't even know I was doing it. It just kind of felt natural to me. And so I think that with any idea you have, if you can bring people along in the story, you know, transparency, authenticity, these things ring true and people get behind them. And for me, it just is what I really love doing. So yeah, Buy My Future was was very successful. I really enjoyed it. People what was the link, Jason? People are going to want to reverse engineer that landing page. Give us the link real quick, and I'll also put it in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top 107. But is that link still up? Is the landing page up? Yeah, buymyfuture.com is still available. And actually, if you just Google Project Galaxy, and I'll just give you, you can grab the link, but the, all of the journal entries are archived on Medium. And so you could go through and you could read like you've never heard of this before. And, and you know, all my fears, all my doubts, everything I went through every day that I wanted to share, my marketing tactics, all this stuff, you know, how I got 25 podcast interviews to launch on the day of the project launching. Everything I did was outlined in detail in that journal, and that, I think, is why the project was very successful in its first time ever existing, me putting it out into the world and letting people buy my future. So so I will link to that in the show notes. We, I won't ask you questions about that. I think it is genius, though I spent time reading it. We'll link to that in the show notes, but I want to do two things, Jason. One, I want to piss off James Altucher and push hard <laughs> on the shitty project side and how you can sell something like really bad. But first, I want to just talk about the unit economics around buy my future real quick. What yes. was the cost and how many did did you sell? Yeah, so I there's a whole journal entry that I kept updating to on expenses and happy to share it now. It was just under $9,000 total. So it was like 8900 bucks. That included the video that you see on the Buy My Future site. That included um, a bunch of uh, just odds and ends things that just continue to add up. And so before the project launched, I know I needed to make $9,000 to make it profitable. And it was only open for two weeks. There are no deals, no discounts, no buy early, none of that. And in two weeks, I sold 165 units of my future, if you will. So basically made 165,000 uh, bucks, which, you know, is in, there's payment plans and things. So it's not like I have that sitting in my bank account at the moment. But of that, you know, my total expenses after everything, because I did some Facebook ad stuff, I paid a company to manage that for me. Um, I'll walk away with profit about 120 grand in profit from that idea. And the beauty is, I'm going to open it again going forward annually. I'm going to increase the prices. I continue to do more projects. And it should get easier now going forward because now I proved the model. I have a community. I have testimonials. Um, it's really kind of fun, man. I'm really excited about Buy My Future. So 
Somebody like Sean Cohen, who I had on in episode 65, he's the head of operations at software as a service company, AWeber, where he talks about lifetime value, CAC, ARPU, and also in episode uh, number, uh, well, I mean, I've had, a, I've had a lot of SaaS entrepreneurs on, right? Like Alex Moore in episode 33 with Boomerang. He does $3.5 million in annual recurring revenue. They all came from a background where they did professional services and then moved into uh, SaaS businesses because they're more scalable. When I look at Buy My Future, what I see is amazing storytelling, but really it's a creative way to sell professional services would you agree or disagree with that i would and the way that i looked at it you agree kind of yeah yeah and, okay. and i i totally like what i heard from people when i talked to them because i did 44 customer interviews before launching the project like previous people who had bought stuff from me and the interesting thing that i got from it was they felt like they were getting maximum jason lifetime value and then I was getting maximum per dollar customer lifetime value. So if every customer I ever get is $1,000 or more, that's amazing. Not many businesses get that. And you, when you realize that so few customers buy all of the things you put out into the world, if you can maximize their value and you can maximize your value, that's a winning proposition. So you know, I think it's going to be really fun to see where this goes in the future. What are you committing to them, though? I, let's say I, I paid a grand to you. How much time does it take you to give me whatever I just bought? Nothing. You get it. You you have it already. Like th that's the beauty of it. There's a dashboard with my eight previous projects that you get when you log in. You get lifetime access to uh, an online course platform I have called Teachery, and then I guarantee you're talking about like finish your damn book, the one week to profit, those things, right? You got it. Yeah, yep. yeah. Five online courses, two uh, web applications, and my book. And I'm guaranteeing six projects over the next two years. And truthfully, this is honest truth. I will probably do 15 projects in the next year alone. So the value is just going to be ridiculous. And so I owe them nothing. You know, there's a Slack community that's every day people are chatting and communicating and, and I'm there with it. But if tomorrow I said, hey, guys, I need to leave this community so I can focus, I don't think anybody would be mad because I haven't guaranteed that I'm going to be there. I just said, you get access to my work. As soon as it's created, you get it first and you never pay me again. Here's how I see this. You're like a genius marketer. You're in a big stadium. Okay. You have, or you have filled, or you're in a big theater. You have filled the room with people and you've let the curtains stay open. They've watched you. You've told your story. You've blogged about it. You put it on medium. Everyone's listening. Then about like at intermission, everyone closes the curtains, right? The difference is between a theater and Jason Zook is you didn't open the curtains back up. You basically said act two is coming. I'm going to guarantee there's at least six six or 15 acts, whatever. But for you to open the curtains and stand in the theater, you have to pay a grand. It's The acts are going to happen anyway. All you're doing is basically saying, pay and I'll pull back the curtains and you can see how I'm going to launch a business book, a web app, a, a community choice thing, right? Yep, that's exactly it. And, and the fun part too is that if I want to sell all those projects individually, I totally can. So I'm not limiting myself to the amount of money I can make. I'm basically controlling the exact way that I want to sell things. And I, I, to be honest, I was surprised at how well it did because my logo was 100 sales. And to get 165 is fantastic. But it's even better that the people who are in the community already are saying, I so already got the value from this. Like, I'm, I'm so happy. This got me unstuck from the thing I wanted to do. I now have a like-minded person I can brainstorm with. You know, it's just all these little things are happening that I'm really pumped about. So I don't want to talk about how to get featured on Forbes and Inc. and Entrepreneur because we had Sujan Patel come on in episode 50 and do that really well. I also don't want to talk about how to get on podcasts. I know you do both of these things extremely well. Give me, like, the weirdest thing that you did promotional-wise that you think we probably haven't talked about yet because it's so out of the normal that you did to that you did to sell 165 units to buy my future. Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, the most successful thing that I did was having phone calls with my existing customers. 
And those phone calls were five to 10 minutes long. Some of them were three minutes long and were really awkward. I'm not going to lie. It just was <laughs> weird talking to people. You know, it is. Some people are just, you know, they're really weird. Um, but I just asked them. And what I, the key, Nathan, the absolute key that I got from this was I heard them re- reply to me in the words they would use to describe by my future. And so because this project didn't have a sales page yet, didn't have anything, I was just telling them the idea. They, they would just reply and go, oh, I feel like I'm getting you know, maximum Jason lifetime value, or I feel like I'm buying into the lifetime subscription to Jason, or you know, I feel like I'm getting access to all your crazy thoughts. These were the things I heard them say, and so I took those words and put them right on the sales page. I love and that. so then other, other people who are like-minded people who are in the same place go, oh, this resonates with me. I, I, I get this. This makes sense. And I think too often as business owners, we think of the catch, you know, the catchy marketing phrases, all the things that we describe ourselves as. Those are labels we put on our businesses. They're not the actual words that our customers are using. So that to me, those customer interviews, it's hard to scale that, but it was so huge for me. And I plan on doing it next year as well. I will totally do this again, talk to more customers, make sure that they feel good about it. No, I love it. You seem like a guy that doesn't really care what anybody else thinks. You're going to do your own thing, even if the TSA guy is judging you for a weird last (laughs) name. I'll get it personal for a second. Do you look back at your kind of family situation and because there was so much change and you were constantly forced to set up your own buffers as you went through three different fathers, do you think part of that and part of that experience as you were growing up is what has made you so uh, be able to take such big risks now? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head and I didn't even realize that up until when I wrote my book you know, two years ago or a year ago, whenever that was. What's the book name? Uh, Creativity for sale. Creativity for sale. Again, I'll stick that in the show notes too at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top 107. So keep going there, Jason. Yeah. I mean, I, I was writing this book about my entrepreneurial journey and you know, the editor who I was working with was like, give me some stuff from your childhood. Like what's going on? What are some stories? And she really pulled out a lot of these thoughts and these feelings that Man, it's so true. Like I don't give a I don't give a shit what anybody thinks because I've already experienced so much against me in my life, and that doesn't mean I've experienced worse stuff than other people. It just means from my life, I've experienced a lot of things, and those things have led to me not caring what people think. And when I have a big idea or just a crazy idea, who cares if someone says it's not a good idea? That's their own fear they're projecting on me about that idea or their own cynicism. That doesn't matter. What matters is what I believe, what I think people will stand behind me for. And that's what I run with when all of these crazy ideas come to me. Now, will this resonate with people? Does it align with their values as it does to mine? Great. Let's keep doing it. If it doesn't, don't do that idea. Do something completely different. You also, I think, probably in your home office, have a little dashboard, a Google Analytics dashboard. And on launch day on By My Future, when you know you have 20 podcast episodes dropping and five blog posts dropping, I imagine you are like a kid on Christmas. You sit there and refresh (laughs) the dashboard and just jump up and down, right? Yeah, you know what's actually interesting to me? Uh, the thing that I refresh is when I send out the email to my list, their replies. I love like, that. I'm, that's what I'm looking for. Because the analytics, I mean, those, you know, who knows what those show. But um, yeah, I, I love the replies. You know, email, my email list is my most important thing. I make 90% of my income from my email list. And I take so much value and pride in every reply that I get, even if it's just someone saying, thanks for this article. I love it. Like how, that, That's me. About how, how large is your is your list now, Jason? Uh, I love this. So I deleted a list of 25,000 people a year ago, and I started completely over from scratch. And as of recording this, I looked uh, before we got on, I'm at 8,532 people. So 8,500, not a huge list. I don't don't care about size. I'll tell you this. I keynoted at the Onchport conference, and everyone was asking me about, how do I optimize click-through rate and open rate? And I said, the future of email marketing will be reply rate. 
No yep. questions asked. And you know what? No one's going to optimize for that because people are lazy bastards. They don't want to yeah. take the time to write back. So I love that you're focused on replies. I think it was a brilliant answer. My heart is also pounding because we are about to get to my favorite part of the show. But Jason, before we do that, if people want to follow your journey online, where is the best place to do that? Yeah, I have to give Derek Sivers some credit for this. Uh, I set up a slash now page. So jasondoesstuff.com slash now tells you exactly what I'm working on. I'll keep that page up to date. Um, I got that idea from Derek. He tweeted it. I love Derek Sivers, amazing guy. So jasondoesstuff.com slash now. Okay, Top Tribe, don't forget, for your chance to win $100 right here on the podcast every Monday, you simply have to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Do that now and then text me that you've done that to 703-431-2709. Again, subscribe on iTunes now, then text me that you've done it at 703-431-2709. There you have it. Okay, Jason, do you know what time it is? I think I know what time it It is. It's time for the Famous Five. Are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) All right, number one, Jason, favorite business book. This was a tough one, but I'm going to go, because this changes, but I'm going to go with The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. This book completely reframed the way I thought about my failures, my mishaps, getting into $100,000 in debt a couple years ago, all the things I did wrong. It completely shifted the way I thought about it. So I highly recommend The Obstacle is the Way. I see some patterns in the work you do with the press to what Ryan described, and trust me, I'm lying. Are those two connected? I've never read the book. I only really? know of Ryan. Yeah, I only know of Ryan through a couple you know, mutual friends, and and I just saw this book, and I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And I love his writing style. I love his message. So I'm I'm sure I would love that book as well. Okay, number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? I love this question because I think I'm going to have a different answer than almost every guest you've ever had. <laughs> no, I don't follow anybody, and the reason being is because I am building my own world. I'm building my own ecosystem. I'm doing my own stuff, and the more that you get wrapped up in what anybody else is doing. And I think it's inspiration porn. You know, I think with all the mentions of Elon Musk and all these people, they're great people to look up to. You're not going to create Tesla. I'm sorry. There's only one person in the world who's ever going to do that. So instead, focus on you, focus on creation. We're too like busy consuming stuff. And I'm just, I I don't follow anybody. I, I stick to my own things. I really engage with my audience and that's what I try and focus on. Yeah, look, I think it's it, different personality. I, I, I imagine I'm going to get a lot of replies from the top tribe to this going um, Jason isn't thinking big enough. Why is he dicking around with selling mm-hmm. his last name and stuff instead of thinking about, I, I don't know, some you know catching asteroids and mining minerals off of them or some stupid thing like that. But I think there's so much value to doing what you're doing, caring about reply rates and building the community. So I love it. Number three, Jason, uh, is there a favorite online tool that you use like Evernote? Yeah, I, uh, I, I would say that for me, it's a writing app called Letterspace. I've written over a million words now in the past two years, and I've thrown away probably 95% of them. So, um, <laughs> and, and thrown away, I mean, I've left them archived in Letterspace, but I love the Letterspace app. It's like nine bucks, and it's just a very beautiful, simple markdown uh, writing application. And, and I, I just, it helps me write. It's the, the thing I've found the best to get me going every time I sit down to write. There you go. Number four, as you're building this empire, Jason, yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? You know, I, I wasn't before, and I think I just started to feel the effects of that, you know, forcing myself to work long days and all that stuff. So now I do. I very much am focused on sleep. I know the value of sleep. Um, but interesting for me, I kind of body hacked myself. I wore a jawbone up for about a month. 
I went to sleep for a week at a certain time, like 11 p.m. Then I went to sleep for next week at 12 p.m. Then I went to sleep the next week at 1 p.m. And I saw the data that if I go to bed at 11 or 1, I get eight hours. If I go to bed at midnight, I get sporadic four, six hours of sleep. And it was proven in the data. It was so weird to me. So now I'm in bed by 11 or I stay up and I force myself to stay up till 1 a.m. Hmm, very interesting. Hey, you got, you got to know your body, right? Exactly. Number five, Jason. How old are you now? 33 years young. Take us back to even younger, 13 years ago. If you wish your 20-year-old self knew one thing, what would it be? Oh, man. Uh, I, this question is difficult for me, and you've probably had other people say it is because I wouldn't change anything because it wouldn't be who I am today. It wouldn't have shaped the person that I am. You know, you learn from all these experiences. But I think if there's one thing I could go back, you know, 20-year-old me, I would just say start a business sooner because hopefully I could have learned my lesson about debt and getting into debt a little bit faster because I reassure it was my first real business with expenses and profit and loss and all these things. And I just didn't know what I was doing and I had too much money flowing in to make you know big mistakes. So I would go back to 20-year-old Jason and I would say, start something, learn about profit and loss you know, and experience it yourself. You're not going to learn in a book or in a course or anything you have to do with your own business and apply that. Top tribe. There you have it. Isn't this guy good or what? Jason, from selling over a million dollars of just wearing other people's t-shirts to selling your own last name twice to just now selling 165 grand of units for your future. Thank you for taking us to the top. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you go listen to other episodes, subscribe to the show on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks next Monday. This week's winner was Matt Wolk from DDB Agency in Chicago. Yesterday, we heard from Greg Petruszynski. He's 28 in Poland, and he wants a $20 million valuation on his business.